0: Today's show is sponsored by The Restillery. The Restillery creates custom-made lamps out of your favorite used bourbon bottles. We're talking handcrafted artisan work with no two exactly alike. Check out their shop at therestillery.com. That's R-E-S-T-I-L-L-E-R-Y.com.
1: Today's show is also sponsored by Wilson Artworks. Bourbon fans, if you're looking for heirloom quality, handcrafted copper cups coated in silver, Wilson Artworks has the perfect mint julep cup or jigger for you. Check them out at wilsonjulepcups.com. What's up everybody? Welcome to Bonded and Bourbon. I'm Armand. I'm here with the lovely Samara. How are you today, babe?
0: I'm good. I am finally caught up with all of my sleep from our well rested crazy weekend. And oh my goodness, we did so much this weekend. (laughs) What did we do? (laughs) I am
1: not yet caught up on my sleep, uh, but you know, that was a, it was a whirlwind of a weekend uh, shout out to DC, where uh, I, I I didn't make it to Philly. Uh, I heard great things about Philly, and uh, you can recap Philly a little bit. Uh, but definitely shout out to DC and everyone there to who, who really came out and helped support it support us. And then we got a chance to do a little touring. Went and saw the uh, African American History Museum, saw the yeah. MLK Monument. To see Barack and Michelle in the uh in the, in the portrait, portrait gallery,
0: Museum. yep,
1: yeah, just had a just had an all around fantastic time. It's been years, years since we had both been there, yeah, uh, been to DC, so um, just really enjoyed it. But so, tell me about Philly, give me the recap on Philly, and then we'll and then we'll get into DC.
0: Well, so you know, we finalized our partnership with Glenn Fiddick. Um, So Thursday, uh, we were in Philadelphia and oh my goodness, it was an amazing turnout. Both of these events, I have to say, they were completely sold out. So uh, thank you to our listeners and thank you to the members of Black Urban Society and everyone who follows us on social media. Thank you for your support and thank you for coming to these events. and so on Thursday, we were in Philadelphia at Hotel Monaco, um, at their top uh, rooftop lounge called Stratus, and we had an intimate evening um, with our members and special guests. And we discussed uh, entrepreneurship and side hustles was the topic for that. So uh, Patrick Connolly, um, Fatima, Doctor Fatima Castro, and myself—I actually put myself on that panel. Um, we talked about the the ebbs and flows of business and how to get started and how to kind of manage expectations and you know do you juggle a real job until your your side hustle or your business takes off just a whole conversation and we did it all with. Um, our East Coast ambassador for Glenfiddich, Tracy Franklin, who uh, led us through an amazing tasting of the entire portfolio of Glenfiddich single malt um, scotches. So uh, we, we tasted 14, 15, Project 20 and also their newest release of Fire and Cane. So we did that. And my dear friend, uh, Cappuccino, Cheryl Cappuccino Hayden from Power 99 also helped to moderate that event. And it was great. And everyone left happy, full of great cocktails and knowledge on Glenfiddich and also inspired to go off and start their own businesses. And then I caught the train and met you down in D.C., right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And when I flew up, uh, uh, flew up on Friday and um, we were able to, to, to go and tour and see the museum on Saturday we certainly highly recommend that yeah. uh, to anybody who hasn't had that experience really I mean black or white or no matter what color you are it's a, it's a tremendous experience it's a beautifully designed uh, yeah. museum and uh, certainly highly recommend that we got about halfway through right um, halfway through the museum it's massive yeah uh, it's a out it's like it's six levels yeah six levels. three below uh, so, the surface
0: and three above the surface and we only right. and to, we, the, Yeah, we only did the bottom half we we
1: were we, done we did the bottom three uh and then the main level has uh oprah winfrey exhibit and uh, a theater uh for uh, for events to go on to take place there and then the restaurant which was actually surprisingly good uh, as well, you wouldn't necessarily think of, you know, a museum as kind of a go-to dining destination, mm-hmm. but they had a, a wide array of different types of cuisine, yeah. and it was uh, that was very good as well. We didn't, we were in there for about five hours yeah. and literally only made it through the, the bottom three. <laughs> <months>. So, <laughs> right. well, we definitely. Yes.
0: We also, like, read every panel and we held hands and, yeah, we were being cute.
1: (laughs) So, uh, we're a little different in terms of our uh, museum intake processes and I definitely like to read everything that's written (laughs) and so I literally read what's next to the photo, I read what's on the wall and then I take, like, two steps to the left and read the next thing and so... You know, I appreciate you being patient. Yeah, that's great. Waiting on waiting on me to get yeah. through. Yeah,
0: okay. What but did you think of DC? That was a
1: tremendous. Experience. What did you
0: think of the DC event? Uh,
1: well, I mean, I you know I love DC. I've al- I've always loved DC. It's been some years since I've been, um, but uh, I love the vibe of the city. Uh, I-, I love the food, and um, it just you know really definitely do we need to get up there. Uh, get up there more often. Certainly didn't appreciate uh, Jack Frost nipping at my oh, nose. Yeah, come uh, Sunday, come Sunday yeah. morning. I think Sunday morning the high was forty-eight yeah. degrees, and we hadn't we hadn't had anything like that in Atlanta this year uh, since back in January or February. So, you know, I, I'm definitely a southern got got thin southern blood, but uh, I still love the city. No, what I think it's you?
0: great. Um, I wanted to know how you felt about the event on Sunday, though. Like,
1: you um, tell me now, your experience. That was certainly an experience. So I, you know, I, did, I missed the Philly event and, uh, you know, I was really upset that I was able, you know, that I wasn't able to go to that. Uh, but the event in, in D.C. was uh, was tremendous. I thought it was a lot of fun. The crowd was very engaged. Uh, we, we, we talked about dating in a digital world. And, um the crowd was very involved. We had great questions, great panelists. Um, you know, I thought that it was a fantastic yeah. discussion. And Tracy was able to really blend that uh, with the tasting very well. It didn't necessarily right. it didn't feel right. herky jerky, you know, how we're just in the middle in the middle of a discussion, and then she just jumps into the middle of the discussion and says, "Okay, stop what you're talking about." You know, she was able to kind of come in and during the pauses and you know, as the conversation would kind of moderate a little bit, um, and and, you know, go from a a fevered pitch of discussion when the conversation would kind of come down and moderate a little bit, then she would come in and say, "Okay, you know, lift your glass." And so I thought that uh, the combination of the topic with the panelist uh, and Tracy uh, leading the tasting and you. Uh, leading the discussion around the topic, I thought that it made for a tremendous event. Uh, also, right. the venue was spectacular. Uh, I, I thought that uh, the bartenders um, a- and the venue, I thought, were, were really, really on point. Definitely uh, shout out to everybody at Capo. Uh, and you know, it was just a tremendous experience for me. What about you from your perspective as a moderator? You were sitting up there in the front, you know, what was it like for you?
0: Well, it was definitely a good conversation, you know, hearing about dating from multiple, like, different perspectives, someone being in a new relationship, someone being divorced, someone being married, someone who is a single parent. Um, so we had these three different perspectives on the stage, um, and that was with Lori J. Hall, who is the senior vice president of TV One Network, and she also has a blog called 38 and Dating. Um, and then Winter Harris, who is, you know, she's all-around, you um, I'll call her a social media socialite. Uh, She's an influencer and she's also a relationship coach. And then um, we balanced out that panel by adding Paul Bache Williams, who's a mental health therapist and he's also a relationship advisor. So we had great knowledge on the panel and yeah, just the conversation was candid and, you know, we were able to infuse, like you said, the tastings of lymphatic and with the discussions and you know, really, the audience got really involved in this one. We had questions and comments and tons of laughter. It's always fun when you put whiskey in someone's hand. Like, you get the truth. So um it was just a really good, raw conversation. Um, And it was fun. So um we should talk about one of the... We're going to talk about one of the items that we tasted during that panel on our show today, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're doing the... Yeah. uh the fire and cane from Glenn fiddick so this will be the first scotch that we've reviewed yeah, yeah. and so it's a it'll be it'll be really fascinating so we're looking forward to diving into that on the other side of the commercial break so you guys hang in there with us we will be right back this is bonded and bourbon
0: now for a bit of bourbon lore brought to you by the Staven Thief Society, where you can study and deepen your enjoyment of America's native spirit while becoming an executive bourbon steward. While bourbon cannot have anything added to it aside from water and still retain the name bourbon, other whiskeys aren't so constrained. Scotch can have coloring added, and Canadian whiskey can have both color and flavor added. The most common additive is called caramel coloring because of its mouthwatering amber glow. And where is the world's largest maker of caramel coloring base? Louisville, Kentucky. So even when you're drinking something other than bourbon for some reason, you may well be sipping another product from the heart of bourbon country. And that's just one of the many pieces of bourbon history, trivia, and myth you'll learn on your way to becoming an executive bourbon steward with the Staven Thief Society. Sign up for a class today at staventhief.com. On behalf of the Stave and Thief Society, I am Samara of Bonded and Bourbon. Armand, tell listeners about The Bar to Go. They've been a longtime sponsor, but people still may not know what they're all about.
1: The Bar to Go features handcrafted American-made traveling mini bars. These canvas or leather pouches will carry everything you need to make a cocktail or take along with your favorite 50-milliliter bottles of bourbon. These things make great gifts for men or women, and you can check out the complete lineup at thebartogo.com, and that is the number two in the web address. Be sure to use the coupon code ABVN to get 30% off your order. welcome back everybody this is bonded and bourbon armand and Samar. we are here about to dive into our tasting of glymphitics fire and cane so Samar, why don't you tell us a little bit about it
0: well glymphitic is a scotch from the space side of uh, scotland um from the isla um side so it's you know they they the it started back in 1887. They're a family-owned company, um, basically William Grant and Sons, and they've been producing whiskey um, ever since. So, um, you know this 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 experimental series, however, is brand new. So this is the fourth um, experiment that they have released. You know, the first experiment was. Project 20. The second one was the Indian Pale Ale. The third one was a limited release, which was Winter Storm. And so now this is their newest release called Fire and Cane. So, you know, we've known about Glenfiddich. We have Glenfiddich 12 highballs all the time. We know about their 14, which is, you know, cast and bourbon barrels and 15, the Solera series, and it goes on and on and on. But this is where their master distiller really decided to get creative and do something completely off the cuff. And really do something that's different in the world of scotch and whiskey. So with this one being said, um, the you know their master um, master has decided to play around with uh, with firing cane. So glymphitic's not known as a peat scotch. They typically um, they burn their, um, they dry out their barley with, with you know, just wood-burning fuel. They dry it out that way. They don't do it in the traditional sense of they use that peat to smoke out the barley and get it to dry before they um, run it through the mill and distill it. So um, they started doing this uh, process a couple of years ago where once a week they actually do peat the barley. And so they have had some smoked barley um, and they've let it sit in barrels and they've let it just really, you know, get nice and smoky and have that that traditional Scottish peatish flavor to it. Um, but then to balance it out, what he's done is he's thrown it into um, rum cast barrels from Latin America. And that's also the thing that we learned that, uh, this weekend is that, you know, Glymphitic also has their own proprietary rum. So they took some of those rum barrels that they were creating their rums with, and they put this heavy peated scotch into those rum barrels and let them sit and let that flavor, that sweet, that sugar, that cane, all of that flavor that goes into rum, they let that soak again into those very heavy, um, smoky peated whiskey. And this is what you get. You get fire and cane. So I'm super excited to to taste this. Um, It. And and really review it with you. You know, we've we've tasted it for the past four times in the series, but really sit down and dissect this great release um, that came out not too long ago. Um, I can't wait to to jump in and hear what you think about it.
1: So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just your description alone makes me want to really dive in. Uh, what I one of the things I thought was really interesting was how Tracy uh, explained the derivation of the name uh, and mm-hmm. uh, how uh You know, in in, in Scotch, the word "Glen" is for valley, and fiddick, and it is pronounced with a K. Uh, it, it's like like a K. Glen mm-hmm. is a deer, and so Glen Fidic is valley of the deer, and that's yeah. why you have the stag as the logo. I thought that was pretty interesting. So, the, somebody remembers that for BBS trivia one night, they'll get they'll get a prize. Right. Yeah, so, but I'm ready to dive in here. Okay. Um, Let's go ahead and get get it rolling. What are you thinking in terms of the appearance?
0: Well, I think of the appearance, first of all, this is an amazing bottle. It's bright orange and red. And like you said, it's got that stack that's on the front of it. Um, and it's something about glymphitics marketing that just, I would love. It's got this, it's this copper color that they do everything in. They've got these rich tones of brown and copper and gold, almost, you know, not quite brass, but it's just, um, like this metallic finish on every product that they release and in, in their branding materials. So I love the fact that they've done this like, you know, brassy, um, you know, logo design on this beautiful bottle with an, a rich amber glow to it. And then it's wrapped in this red and orange labeling. So it definitely stands out on the shelf and it's inviting to me. Like, I want to know what is in that bottle. Like, what is Fire and Can all about? So, just on the appearance of how the bottle is presented, I absolutely love it. And then the color itself, the color is a rich golden, almost a reddish hue of a whiskey. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I actually have. I actually wrote that. I thought that the 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 appearance, the color was. It was almost like a like a golden apple color.
0: Mm, okay. I
1: thought that was. A, it, it was a, to me. It was. It looked a little different from a lot of the bourbons that we uh, that we drink, and this is a low lower. This is a lower proof also than right. a lot of the bourbons that we drink, uh, and so I thought it was really like a golden apple color. Um, It really held up well uh, and the Glencairn uh, had good legs and the bottle I thought is very beautiful. I mean, with it being almost kind of like a, it's like a rounded triangle shape, very, Mm -hmm. very easy to hold, very easy to grip with a wider base though. So, you know, stands up strong uh, and easy, easy to pour. I love the combination of the, you know, the red and orange kind of blending together. And I, I think it's very inviting. So on the nose, and that kind of let me leads me to the nose. And so on the nose, I get really the toffee uh, scent mm-hmm. initially on the nose, but then as it passes back, I get I pick up the smoke the smokiness uh, of the malted barley uh, from the scotch. And so um, I think that with the two of them blending together, because I really don't get tend to get ca- uh, toffee on the nose uh when i'm sipping or tasting a bourbon but uh this being with the scotch and mixed with the rum I, it they really combine to bring forth that toffee for me uh, on the front end and then the the, then the scotch came through on the back end with the smokiness and the malted barley. What did you think about it on the nose? Well, on the
0: nose, it's immediately, you get that smoky flavor. So it smells like a campfire. Mm. Um, and I actually really enjoy that. I love that smoky, and I love barbecue too. So it's just, I love that that whole smoky flavor just comes, it just hits you as soon as you smell it. Like you don't even have to have it nose it. Like, you know, we talked to, you know, Tracy taught us how to nose properly by putting it up to, you know, in front of our nose, opening our mouth, all of that, before you even lift the glass, you can smell the, the, the smoke coming out of this, out of this, um, out of this glass. So out of this whiskey. So the, the smokiness immediately hits you, but then you start to, if the, you know, the longer you examine it, you definitely do taste some of that sugar or you can smell some of that sugar. So you can pick up that toffee um, and you, and it's just like, Ooh, what is that? Like it's, it, what makes me want to drink it so I can figure out what exactly this is? So the nose is extremely exciting for me, um, and I'll dive right into the taste. So right? Taste? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say. So how did it taste?
0: So it's surprisingly very smooth um, and full. It's like a flavor bomb goes off in your mouth. It's very smooth. It's very bold and actually very fruity. Um, but it does, like as it passes through, as it washes through your palate, then you start to get some of that smoke flavor back and you can, and you, and you can get, you know, it's almost like a cherry wood or something that's in there, but it's just this, it's this great bowl flavor. It's got that toffee note in there, um, <clears throat> very fruity, but then just that, that around the back, it just all of a sudden that, that smoke bomb comes back and you can totally, you get that, um, that smokiness, that. I I I don't know. Like the closest thing I can kind of say is like, like like campfire, like um like High West campfire. It's got it's got that, it's got that smoky barbecue flavor on the back end that really stands with stays with you. What did you think?
1: Yeah, for me, uh, I thought that when I when when I first first tasted it. the spiciness was really forward. It was really up front. Um, And I thought that was a good thing. It certainly, you know, it grabs your attention. I kind of tend to uh, like a flavor profile Mm -hmm. that's bold up front, but finishes on a more kind of laid back manner. So I thought that uh, it was spicy up front, danced really uh, nicely uh, at the front of my palate. Uh, As it transferred back towards the middle of my palate, it was it it got smoother and the sugar began the sugar cane began to come full mm-hmm. and so i thought that that was it was also kind of an interesting tasting experience how you pass from the balancing and you pass between the scotch right. and right. The rum and so uh, you get the the spiciness of the scotch on the tip of the tongue which if you if you recall on the nose I said I got the sweetness of the toffee on the right. front end and the smokiness of the malted barley mm-hmm. on the back. On the palate, I got the spiciness of the scotch up front and the sweetness of the rum on the back, uh, in the mm-hmm. middle and in the back. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, really, a, I would say, a versatile Uh, experience, a versatile tasting experience. And I think it's something that uh, rum lovers and scotch lovers uh, would both enjoy. So I really enjoyed the taste in terms of the mouthfeel. I thought it was medium bodied, uh, certainly not as uh, viscous, uh, as meaty as some of the high proof bourbons that we've had. Um, So I thought it was medium to light bodied but a very clean right. feel right. in the mouth. Um, I thought that was really something that's jumped out, kind of stood out to me. Had a very clean feel there uh, in the mouth. What about you for the mouth feel?
0: I agree. It was medium bodied. It was a good balance. It's not too thick or heavy. Um, like, <clears throat> excuse me. I also feel like it is only 86 proof. So it's not anything that sits on your tongue and burns. Um, it really is just has this great wash and it just goes, it, and it, you know, and it just goes on. And does what it does. <laughs> and I think that kind of leads on into the finish is like, there's not really a long lingering finish with this one. This is a short finish. Um, so it's like you automatically get this amazing bla- burst of flavor from the tip of your tongue all the way through the back with that smoky campfire feel, but then it goes away. So it's like, and but, you know, and so that's a gift and a curse. It's like sometimes we really want those long um, finishes where we can just really enjoy that long lasting flavor. But then the the gift for me on this one is that I love continuing to sip this whiskey. It's such an easy whiskey to sip. Um, and you just continue to enjoy those flavors over and over and over again. So it's never like it's it just becomes mundane or just or just becomes simple. It's a constant complex taste every single time you have it. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I, I thought the finish was a little, sh- I mean, it was definitely a little short uh, and light. I did get some spice on the finish, but generally it wasn't anything heavy, heavy. Uh, super bold in terms of the spiciness and the finish. Uh, By the time it got to the back of the palate, it was, like I said, it, it had gone from being really aggressive and spicy to being more smooth. So I got the hint of spiciness, but it was a short, sweet, light finish. Definitely more along the lines of what I've experienced with some rums that I've had than with some of the uh, with some of the bourbons and and, and, and other scotches, mm-hmm. and so, but I think this is a great sipper. I also think it be it was v- very interesting in a cocktail as well, and so um I I, I enjoyed it. So I think uh, you know about ready to add up our scores. What about you?
0: Yeah, I am. I um, I'll see it on the other side of the break. I was going to say, you know. With the, the taste and the flavor, the one thing that really stuck out with me the most on this tasting um, with Tracy, you know, over the past weekend, but then also in going back and revisiting this is that I've learned to use a dropper and just put one little teeny tiny drop of water into my whiskey um, to get some of those notes. And with this with this particular scotch, um, there's a whole another layer underneath there. And that's what I really felt like after you added the water, all those fruit flavors, I even got melon um, and some apple, some green notes in there. Like after I put that dropper of water in there, um, it immediately just gave it a completely different flavor profile for me. Um, So that's what really stands out to me the most about this fire and cane is this is really, really a complex whiskey. So. So with yeah. that, that's my yeah. last little, like, nudge. Hopefully I changed some of your your scoring over there. But we'll see how we do. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we'll be right back on the other side of the break with our scores for Glenn Fittix, Fire, and Kate. This is Bonded and Bourbon.
0: Hey, babe, there's a lot going on in the world of bourbon right now. Are we planning any trips?
1: We sure are. I'm working on our trip to the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival.
0: But wait, that's not until March 20th through the 23rd, 2019. Why would we be working on that one already?
1: The New Orleans Bourbon Festival has gotten so popular. It's a year-round event. Barbara and Tracy are hard at work getting everything lined up and to prepare, they put an early bird ticket price out there right now where you can enjoy the cheapest ticket prices of the year. Plus, if you're considering a VIP experience, those tickets are going fast. I think people want to start working on their own plans to attend the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Where do they need to go and what do they need to do?
0: Get your early bird discount tickets now for the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival at neworleansbourbonfestival.com. We'll see you there.
1: Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand and Samar are here, and we are here to give you our scores and ratings for glen Fire and Cane. So don't you start out with your score for the appearance
0: so i already ranted and raved about how beautiful i think this bottle is and how i absolutely love the marketing and just the just the colors of their whole marketing campaign that glenfiddich does i think it's just sophisticated and sleek and just luxury to the 10th degree so i gave them a 10 on appearance what about you
1: Nice. I gave it a nine on appearance. I agree with, you know, everything you said. I, I, I particularly in terms of the bottle design. I, I really think that it's a very classic uh, yet contemporary yeah. design. Yeah. And um, it's it, you, you could show me the bottle with no label and I would know that it was a Glenfiddich bottle. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, as, as a distillery. Right. I think that's really all you could ask for in terms of your bottle design. So. Um, I thought it was. I, I gave it a nine uh, for the appearance for the nose. I also gave it a nine. I really enjoyed uh, the balance between the rum and the scotch. I really felt like really throughout the tasting experience that they were kind of locked into a, a you know a, a, a nice a, a nice samba mm-hmm. together Love that. where they would really, really danced well together and the the rum kind of took the lead on the nose. Yeah uh and the scotch i uh, felt kind of followed uh and so i gave it, i gave it a nine on the nose what about i
0: gave guys? it a 10. you know anything that just invites me like you know i, I will admit like i think i have a smelling issue <laughs> like so anything that i can just immediately pick up like i don't have to search hard for it i'm already impressed with it um and i just that's just that's just my personality big and bold nosing flavors, big and bold taste, on, you know, b- big and bold flavors on the taste and on the nose. So um, the fact that I could smell it the moment I even opened up the bottle and started pouring it into the glass, I was already locked in. And then, you know, of course, when I brought it up and I started nosing it and I could really dive into the complexities of those, those um, different flavor notes, I was, um, I was hooked and singered So I gave it a 10 um yeah and I, I so on the taste it was somewhat taste? quite similar i gave it a 9 on the taste um i really love how complex this is um, from the smokiness to the sweetness to the fruit, the toffee, you're like dancing all over the place. Um, and one one of the things that, you know, Tracy trained us um, on during one of the cocktail conversations is, you know, when she's doing tasting, she kind of has like this Rolodex in her head and she's kind of, you know, she goes from the sweet and then she does it like a little Rolodex to think, okay, is that apricot? Is that pear? Is that is that toffee? Is that sugar? Is that it's that creme brulee, like she's kind of going through files in her head. Um, And for me, I do that process also. I didn't, you know, she described it a lot more eloquently than what I do, but it was easy for me to taste the sweet, the smoky, the fruity, um, in even some of the darker um, flavors like leather and tannins and um, the oaks and all of that. So I was able to pick up all four or five different categories Instantly, and then you know, learning how to use my dropper, I was also able to pick up a whole new world of flavors um, in just this particular scotch. So for that, I gave it a nine. What about you?
1: I gave it an eight on the taste. I thought it was very solid. I thought, um, like I said, the the rum and the scotch really danced well together. I thought that on the uh, on the palate, the scotch took the lead. Uh-huh. Uh huh, and. I definitely enjoyed the spiciness up front and how it transitioned right. into being a, a smoother uh, and sweeter taste as it traveled back uh, along my palate. And so I thought it was very solid. Uh, I gave it a, a, a nice blend of the two. So I gave it an eight on the uh, for the taste. I also gave it an eight on the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, kind of mid to light bodied. Uh, in terms of you know, certainly didn't sit, certainly didn't sit in uh, you know on the palate, you know, like some of the heavier uh, scotches right. and, and bourbons that we have. But I thought it had a very clean feel, so I, I thought that was so I I, I gave it. You know, whereas it was mid to light uh, bodied, which I thought would have you know really kind of reduced the score, the clean feel really brought that score back up. So I ended up giving it an eight on the mouthfeel. What about you?
0: Well, so this is where we start to differ. I'm picking up the pattern between those now, right? So I gave it a seven on the mouthfeel. Um, I'm a little bit more critical on the mouthfeel uh, than you are, because for me, it is that experience. I want to taste the richness and the depth of that whiskey, too. And I felt like this was it's still really light. It's still on the lighter side. Um, So it just didn't have that. Like if I'm having bold flavors and bold nosings and everything's really complex. And then all of a sudden it just feels like water like it just kind of doesn't complete that full experience. Um so not to say that it's it is water cuz the score would have been much lower than that, but it just wasn't um it wasn't as thick and viscous as I would have liked it to be, especially if it was in those those cat rum casks and has that thick, you know, sugarcane and toffee syrupy sweet notes. I wanted it to kind of feel like that too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, well then how did that affect you on the so finish? So on the
0: finish, it again, it was also short. So I did give it a seven. Um, and and so that's kind of a middle of the road for me because like what we wanted it to be long so we can enjoy those flavors even more. But, you know, it's it's short because, again, we just drink more and we get a chance to have that experience all over again. Um, so I went with a seven. I don't know if that makes sense. But for me, that equates to about a seven on the finish. What did you think?
1: I gave it a seven on okay. the finish as well. Um, I thought the finish was a little shorter, a little lighter than mm-hmm. I prefer uh when, you know, in my drinks. And so I really, you know, it was uh-huh. a little spicy on the no you know, I mean on the finish, but I got a little bit of that hint left kind of like that last right. little bit of spiciness. But overall, um, I thought it was kind of a short, sweet finish. And so I gave it a seven. So what'd you end up with? My total total? ended
0: up being 43. Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. That's solid. I end up with a 41. So combined, we end up with an 84 score, which is a really, really good score for a really, really good, really solid, uh, really solid, really creative, you know, really creative spirit. So. I I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend uh, if you weren't fortunate enough to participate uh, with the BBS, you know, with the cocktail conversation series and get a chance to come out and taste it and interact with Tracy and Jennifer, then I certainly recommend that you go and pick up a bottle and and give it a chance to let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, definitely one for the collection. I know that, you know, in certain state stores, especially on the East Coast, it's hard to find. So if you see it, um, like I know Tracy mentioned that in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, it's only going to be found around the holiday time um, in the state stores just because of the way the distribution and the allocation works. So I say definitely grab a bottle if you see it. Uh, you know, their winter storm came out last year around this time, and it's not coming back. So if you miss that experimental series, then it's you know it's on the secondary market. So I would say definitely grab um, this uh, this reiteration of this experimental series with Glymphitic and keep it for the collection. It's definitely one that's, you know talk and and share with guests and get their opinions on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a great co- that's the other, yeah. you know it's a great conversation uh, starter uh, yeah. if you you, know, you you got your your whiskey drinking friends uh and you come over it's definitely something that really will uh i guess stir the passions you have some people who will say that you should never blend uh scotch with other spirits uh and you'll have other people that are really really in favor of the creativity and then you also may have some friends that are rum drinkers that uh you're trying to kind of introduce to Introduced the whiskey, introduced the scotch. And I think that this is a fantastic gateway uh, for them for that as well. So, right. so, um, babe, what else do we have going on before we get out of here?
0: Uh, you know, we're just catching up. I need to take a moment and say thank you again to Glenn Fittick for an amazing four city tour that we did with them. Uh, presenting cocktail conversations in Oakland, Los Angeles, Philadelphia and D.C., um, and then, so I'm, you know, so thank you, thank you, Tracy, um, thank you, Tracy Franklin, and also Jennifer Wren, um, for believing in BBS and um, really helping us to create these amazing experiences across the country. Um, and now I'm just going to reset and get focused for 2019. And you know, I'll be I'll be in, in Atlanta next week, so um, I gotta put gotta put my head down and get caught up on some stuff before I head back out and come see you. Yeah.
1: Here. Yeah. What do we got? What do we, what are you coming, you coming out here? We do got whiskeys. Yeah. Whiskies um, of the, the world. whiskeys yeah. of the world going on. Uh, working on this barrel, getting this barrel out for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so if you have not, we still have a small number of bottles left. Right. If you guys have not yet, uh, yet going on and secured, uh, secured yours, go ahead and go and do that at... Uh, BlackBourbonSociety.com slash support. Yep. And uh, and yeah, so we uh, we got a busy week of help ahead, but uh, we look forward to it, and we look forward to seeing our Atlanta members and uh, Atlanta listeners out at uh, Whiskeys of the World. I got to give a special shout out to uh, BBS member Elliot Williams and thank him for oh, yeah. uh, the bottle of McAllen uh, edition number one. Uh, certainly, and yeah. um, we certainly will be doing a review and do a taste of that. If you guys ever want for uh, uh for us to do reviews of uh, specific bottles, certainly uh, you can get in touch with us and let us know. We do welcome uh, if you guys want to send one for us to taste as well. So, baby, how can I, how can I get in touch?
0: Oh, yes. Samples, bottles, we'll receive them all. <laughs> um, so, society.com is, you know, our, that's our other company that we have, but you can find us on Instagram at Bonded and Bourbon Podcasts um, or on our Instagram page for Black Bourbon Society, which is at Black Bourbon Society. Um, and yeah, that's the way that you can get in, um, you know, DM us, send us a message, and we will get back to you as soon as we can.
1: All right. Well, We're gonna go ahead and get on out of here. We hope you guys enjoyed our tasting with Glenfiddich, Fire, and Cane. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys around Atlanta next weekend. And this has been Bonded in Bourbon.
0: Armand, why would someone be interested in a still from Moonshine Still Pro?
1: Well, there are those that want distilled water, and the stills from Moonshine Distill Still Pro certainly can do that. Others like the idea of a still in their man cave or she shed. I mean, is it really complete without one? Finally, there are those that are trying to tap into the rebellious American spirit, like was exemplified during the Prohibition era as people gathered to connect and share a drink. No matter what your personal need for a still is, Moonshine Still Pro has a still that suits it, and they have parts that you can't find at your local hardware store if you're trying to build your own. I think people want to know more. Where do they need to go?
0: You can find Moonshine Still Pro at www.moonshinestillpro.com. They also have a secret insider site, www.knock3times.com, with the number three, where they often have discount codes and other secret insider content. Bonded in Bourbon is part of the ABV Network. For more information or to advertise on the show, please log on to abvnetwork.com.
1: Bonded in Bourbon is created
0: by Bowen Zell Productions.